And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. Who's that strange-looking man behind you? That's Carl. I'm at him at the launch, man. Sam, sweetheart. I don't know what to do, Rabbi. Every night he listens to the radio. I can't keep him away. The Lone Ranger, the, the Shadow, the Master Avenger. Uh, this is not good. It tends to induce bad values, false dreams, lazy habits. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360 will conclude The Hardy Family, starring Mickey Rooney from 1949. Then, Joseph Curtin and Alice Frost star as amateur detectives, Mr. and Mrs. North from 1943. With me, as always, is my co-host, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hi, Carl. And we have to our left, uh, the very talented Mike Costella. Hello. That's our Hollywood 360 team. We're broadcasting from Chicago on about 180 radio stations coast to coast. All right, well, last time we began listening to The Hardy Family, starring Mickey Rooney. Here's the conclusion to the premiere episode from November 15, 1949. Five dollars a week. No. <laughs> Wonder what we do with all that money. Oh, Dad, if uh, there's any left over, just put it in the retirement fund for yourself. I... I'd like it that way, Dad. Well, that's mighty thoughtful of you, Andrew. <laughs> nice to have that kind of security. Now, let's see how we'll spread this $5 of yours around. Food budget for this month is $120. Huh? We'll put a dollar of your money toward that. $120? Dad, we're going to have to cut down on this expensive eating. Yes, well, I don't think we can quite cut it down to a dollar. Now, uh... What did you say to a dollar toward clothing? Dad, how are you going to dress anybody on a dollar? Well, I wouldn't even buy Mom a small hat. My son, you have just learned one of life's most difficult lessons. Dad, you know, I, I don't know how you've been doing it all these years. When I think of all the money I've taken from you, why, you must have invested a fortune in me. Well, Andrew, I never made a whole lot of money. My children, you and Marion, have been my main investments. You're my fortune. Gosh, Dad, you and Mom, you're... You're pretty special people. No, 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 no. We're pretty ordinary people. Well, just the same. It's about time I took some of the load off of you. From now on, you can count on me for... Six dollars a week. James, I think it's just wonderful the way Andy went out on his first day of job hunting and was made vice president of a big amnesia company. <laughs> oh, no, Mother. He's only a junior executive and it's a magnesium company. Oh, well, well, so long as he's happy, that's all that matters. Yes, and I'm very happy, too. Uh, Emily. Yes, dear? Do you remember how I was when I was young? Well, you were a little awkward, but very nice, James. No, no, I, I mean mentally. Was I bright, quick-witted, as smart as the young fellows are today? Well, I don't know about that, dear, but you dressed nicely. And you always had a good mind, James. Although you were a little slow on something. A what? 
Yes, you just didn't seem to grasp certain facts. Good heavens, Emily, what facts? Well, you just couldn't seem to get it through your head that we were going to get married until I practically came right out and told you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, maybe I was a little stupid at that, Emily. Oh, no, 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 you got the idea awfully quick, dear. But I just can't understand how a young fellow these days can make a telephone call and wind up with a junior executive's job. Oh, now, isn't that a coincidence? You know, Andy did just that very thing today. I know, I know, Emily. That, that's what I'm referring to. You know, my court calendar's clear tomorrow. Now, why don't we take a few hours off and go downtown and drop in and surprise Andrew on this new job? <laughs> oh, I think that'd be wonderful. Oh, you'd be so proud. Right, fine. I've just got to see what a junior executive does. <laughs> Good afternoon, Carbo Magnesium Company. Just a minute, sir. I'll switch you to his office. Go ahead, please. Gee, Myrtle, it certainly is thrilling working at this company. Don't get excited, kid. You only started yesterday. Oh, I know, but so many handsome men and lots of big executives and things. You'll get used to that. Everybody in this place has a title. They give you that instead of money. No fool. <laughs> yeah. Take Mr. Franklin. He's a first assistant to the secretary treasurer. Gee. He's a bookkeeper. <laughs> Tomorrow we've got a fellow, Andrew Hardy, coming to work as a junior executive And he's only the office boy Oh, no! Well, Andrew starts to work as a junior executive this morning Why, it's hard to visualize I still can't help thinking of him as a very young boy with his feet in the clouds and his head in a whirl over the latest dance craze or souped-up hot rods or some other strange and mysterious thing. But Andy's growing up. Owner this morning, he said to me... Dad, a man my age is foolish to waste a lot of time on girls. I should be thinking of women. Uh, it's hard for me to imagine Andy... Walking into the Carvel Magnesium Company to start his new job. Uh, <clears throat> pardon me, miss? Yeah? Young lady, I'm a junior executive at this company, reporting to my job today. <clears throat> Hardy's the name. Andrew Hardy, uh, where is my office? Gee, I don't know, Mr. Hardy. Terrible inefficiency. I'll take care of that. Yes, sir. Uh, by the by... Do you devote yourself exclusively to this organization, or is your mind always on your boyfriend? Oh, no, sir. I don't have a boyfriend. Good. I'll take care of that, too. (laughs) See you later, honey. Yes, sir, Mr. Hardy. Uh, uh, Oh, uh, a boy. Boy, come here a minute. Hmm. Were you calling me boy, boy? (laughs) Yes. Noticed you bothering that secretary over there. Bad, very bad policy. Yeah, but good, very good secretary. <laughs> Just what is your position with this company? Well, I'm in charge of office details, the paper clips and things. Hmm. <laughs> Got in through a relative, huh? <laughs> Who are you? Son, I'm starting a very responsible job here today. Oh, huh. pardon me. I'm sorry, I didn't That's know. That's all right. Uh, uh, whose office is that over there? Mr. Jordan's uh, third vice president. Oh. Been with the company 26 years. 26 years. And only third vice president. Huh? No wonder. He's never in his office. I'll move in and you, uh, you find him a new office, huh? <laughs> uh, yes, sir. 
Oh, uh, young lady, uh, step into my office, please. Oh, can I bring my notebook? Yes, and it wouldn't hurt to bring a pencil, too. I'm ready, sir. Ah, good. Come in. Uh, take a memorandum to all secretaries. From now on, all secretaries will report to me every evening before going home. What and all secretaries. The desk oh, is ringing, sir. Interruptions, always interruptions. I'll take it. Uh, my gosh, five telephones. No wonder this guy Jordan never's got anywhere. He spent all his time collecting phones. It's the one on the I, end. I know, I know, I know. Hello, Mr. Hardy speaking. Who? Washington calling collect? Then refuse it. This company can't afford to waste money on long distance calls like that. Mr. Hardy, that may have been one of our representatives in Washington. Well, he's on salary. Let him drop the nickel on his end. <laughs> oh, my girl, there's going to be a lot of changes around here very soon. Hardy! Uh, Where's this Hardy? Uh, I, I, I'm Hardy. Uh, can I be of service, sir? Yes, you can get out of this office immediately. Now, just a minute, old man. Let's not have a scene. This is a business office, if you care to see I know that, and it's my office. Well, it... Oh. Oh. Hardy, who in the name of thunder are you, and what are you doing in my office? Mr. Jordan, I'm the new junior executive here. I, I know it's a hard blow to you, but I'm afraid you're being pushed aside to make way for... New blood? <laughs> uh, there'll be new blood around here, all right, and it'll be yours. <laughs> Lily! Lily! Oh, yes, Mr. Jordan, you screamed? Uh, I mean, you called? <laughs> you know this fellow, Hardy? Oh, yes, Mr. Jordan. He was hired yesterday over the phone. Yes. He's the new junior executive office boy. Hmm. Uh, what? Oh. <laughs> this must have been some mistake. I... You bet there is. Get him out of here and put him with the carbon paper and pencil sharpeners. What? what? Yes, sir. Come along, Mr. Hardy. Oh, wait, wait. Office boy, sharpen this pencil, please. Yes, ma'am, but I... I just sharpened it. Well, I just dotted an I with it. I don't like dull pencils. Yes, ma'am. Office boy, where's that cup of water you were bringing me? Yeah, right, right, yes, sir. Here it is, sir. What would you, what would you like me to do with it? Drown yourself in it. <laughs> Wait a minute, look, I don't have to take all this for $15 a week. No, you can quit any time. No, no, I, I can't do that. I, I told too many, I, well, I... Just can't. Well, listen, everybody, listen to this. The family of one of our more prominent junior executives has dropped in to pay a call on him. They're in the lobby. Well, who is it, Myrtle? Judge and Mrs. James Hardy and Miss Polly Benedict. Oh, oh no. Oh, no, 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 no. Send, send them away. Tell them I was called out of town unexpectedly. Oh, huh? not at all. Show uh, them in, Myrtle. Wait a minute. You can't wait keep a... the family of one of our top men waiting. No, please, I, I don't care for myself, but you can't embarrass my family like that. It... Have you been telling little white lies to the folks? <laughs> been telling great big fat purple ones. <laughs> well, calm down, Hardy. Relax. We'll all go along with you. We won't give anything away. You won't? Gosh, would you do that? Absolutely. I'll never forget it. Oh, okay. Here they come now. Very much. Well, ah, uh, hello, hello, Mom, Dad, uh, Polly. Uh, oh, Andy, we just couldn't resist dropping in for a minute. Uh, well, son, uh, it's good to see you with a big responsible organization like this. You must be getting quite a kick out of it. Uh, you should only know the kicks I've been getting. <laughs> well, Polly, it's nice of you to drop around too, dear. Oh, I'm so proud of you, Andy. You've just got junior executive written all over you. Uh, Andrew. Andrew, isn't uh, this young man one of your associates? Huh? Oh, oh, yeah. Mr. Lenny Barton, I'd like you to meet my mother and father, Judge and uh, Mrs. Hardy. Lenny. Oh, how do you do? Very glad to know you. Well, it uh, certainly was nice of you to drop around, uh, folks. Mr. Hardy. Uh, uh, yes, uh, 
Son? Isn't there another member of your family? Hmm? Andy, I think Mr. Barton means Polly here. Oh, well, uh... Now, now, how would you like to go outside? Uh, huh? Mr. Hardy? Uh, yes, uh, Barton? I'd <clears throat> love to meet the young lady. Yes, I know. Well, uh, folks, how about going outside? Mr. Hardy, have you seen the office boy around here uh, lately? Lenny Barton, this is Miss Polly Benedict. <laughs> Andy, we only drop in for a minute. I know you must have a million important executive things to do. Yes, we just dropped in to wish you good luck, son. Uh, well, don't go so soon, Dad. I'd ask you to go into my office except for some men that are in there fixing it up, redecorating it, you know. <laughs> yes, you should have seen it before Mr. Jordan got here this morning. Oh, it was a mess. Uh, Mr. <clears throat> Jordan? I mean, Bill Jordan? Yes, sir. Why, I believe I know him. Uh, I think I'll just drop in, say hello. Uh, Dad, wouldn't you rather go outside and wave to him from across the street? <laughs> oh, office boy. Mr. Jordan wants to see you right away. Oh, uh, office boy? Uh, hmm, well, I, I, I haven't seen him. <laughs> oh, stop clowning and get in Mr. Jordan's office. He just found out that you ruined a big deal in Washington this morning. Uh, oh. Andy, you're the office boy? <laughs> yes, Mom. No, Emily... I... Emily, there's many a president who was once an office boy. Oh, really, James? Who? Uh, well, let's let's put it this way: there's many a president who should have been an office boy. <laughs> Dad, uh, I didn't know. I I was going to tell you later. If oh, Andy, I'm afraid we shouldn't have dropped in. No, Mom, it's it's all right. I just found out I wasn't as important here as I thought. Oh, but Dad, I yes, son. If Mr. Jordan is going to do what I think he's going to do, I may be able to swing a good assault and battery case your way. Well, son, you've had your first experience in the world of big business. The whole thing was a misunderstanding. That's why I resigned. I, I learned one thing, though. You just can't close big deals over the phone. Well, I think it was very noble of you to accept the job and go through with it anyway, Andy. Thanks, Moon. You know, folks, you've, you've been swell about this. You were right, Dad. A man ought to start at the bottom and work his way up. Well, that's very intelligent reasoning. But I think the most important lesson you learned was humility. That's a very important factor in deciding a man's career. I feel like a first-class smoke. Oh, no, I do. Well, don't feel too bad. I've been saving a little surprise for you. The Carvel Magnesian Company has been calling for the last several hours. They have? Yes. They're very anxious to have you come back. Report the first thing in the morning, Mr. Jordan said. Ah, now, you see, I guess they realized that things began to hum around there when I started. Why, I'll uh, have Andrew, that... Andrew, 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 now just remember... <laughs> Humility, my boy. Huh? Oh, sh oh, sure, Dad. I'll go back tomorrow and sharpen pencils like they've never been sharpened. See you later, folks. I'm going over to Polly and tell her about the good news. <laughs> <laughs> oh, James, wasn't that sweet of the company to call and ask Andy to come back? Yes, yes, Emily, but... Well, I guess they know the value of a young man like Andy, even if he's only the office boy. I guess so, Emily, well, but... I guess they just found they couldn't get along without him. <laughs> That's right. Mr. Jordan said that Andrew had the only key to the men's lounge. 
The Hardy Family, starring Louis Dolan, Mickey Rooney, and Faye Holden, is written by Jack Rubin and Jameson Brewer, based on characters created by Arania Ruberall. Direction is by Thomas A. McAvity. Original music was composed and conducted by Jerry Fielding. Jack McCoy speaking. And that's the Hardy family from November 15th, 1949, with Andy's first job, which was the premiere episode in the series starring Mickey Rooney, also in the cast, Faye Holden and Louis Stone. And that was an MGM syndicated production. Let's take a break. When we come back, it's Mr. and Mrs. North. Don't go away. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Welcome back. I'm Carl Amari. This is Hollywood 360. Don't forget we have a podcast of this show. Every single week we have a podcast of our Hollywood 360 show. Just go to Hollywood360radio.com and you'll see it. It's there. It's free. Just click it and listen away. All right, it's time now for Mr. and Mrs. North, a great detective series. This was a detective series created by Francis and Richard Lockridge. They were a well-to-do New York couple who stumbled across a murder or two every week and felt compelled to solve the crime. Radio beckoned in 1942, and it became the top-rated show in radio. It had 20 million listeners each week. Joseph Curtin and Alice Frost originated the role, but later Richard Denning and Barbara Britton took over. We have an early episode for you now from September 22, 1943. It's called The Contagious Confession, and it stars Joseph Curtin and Alice Frost. Here's part one of Mr. and Mrs. North. The Adventures of Mr. and Mrs. North, starring Alice Frost and Joseph Curtin. Jerry and Pamela North often drive Bill Wigand to the verge of insanity. However, for all their bewildering antics, they often help him, too. And at times, he even goes so far as to ask them for advice. Tonight is such a time, because he's faced with a dizzy situation. Now, as Bill seats himself in the North's living room, Jerry says to him... All right, Bill. Now, what's this great problem that's puzzling you? It's a case that I'm working on. I know. Somebody crept to the window and shot him in the middle of his dinner. What? Yes, I read about it in the paper. He was dining alone. Who was? Uh, Walter Middleton, of course, dear. Mrs. Middleton's been dead for years, and the son and daughter were out, so he was alone. The butler heard the shot and ran into the dining room, but Mr. Middleton was already dead. It's been on all the front pages. Oh, I only read the funnies. He was rich as anything, so there's the motive. Cigarette, Bill? Uh, no, no, thanks. The son and daughter are the most obvious suspects, so that lets them out. How about some candy, Bill? No, not just now. Why does it let them out? That's too obvious. Fruit? No, thanks. Nuts? <laughs> yeah, I'm beginning to think so. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, is this Middleton case what you wanted to ask us about? Yeah, yeah, it has a screwy angle. I thought it would be just up the north alley. You see, we have two confessions. You mean two people have confessed to the same murder? That's right, and each claims he worked alone. Well, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's what I said. Since sense doesn't work in this case, I thought intuition might. How about it, Pam? I have to have something to go on. Uh, Who are these people who confessed, Bill? Not the son and daughter? No, no, they're a couple of friends of the Middletons. Larry Chapman and George Warwick. Oh, can I meet them? Sure, we're holding them at headquarters. Well, let's go. All right. I... Wonder what's in back of it, Jerry. I know. They heard confessions good for the soul. The dining room window was open, so I just pointed the gun through it and fired. That's impossible, Larry. Why? Because I did. Here we go again. Look, Lieutenant, doesn't priority count around here? I confessed first. But you're lying. Uh, 
May I ask a question? Go right to it, then. Why did you gentlemen kill Mr. Middleton? Well, well I was just that I... Like this. Well, that is... What I was going I, to right, say hold is that... Hold it, hold it. Are you Warwick? Why did you shoot Middleton? Well, sir, I... I, uh... I owed him some money and I couldn't pay him, so I killed him. You took the words right out of my mouth. You mean I put them in your mouth? Never even thought of it. I don't care what you say. I don't care what anyone says. I killed Walter Middleton. I hope to die if I didn't. It's the other way around, George. Uh, this isn't getting us anywhere. Well, why don't we toss a coin? Winner gets the electric chair. Wait a minute, Jerry. Now, look. If either of you shot Mr. Middleton, you had to have a gun. All right. Tell us where the gun is, and we'll see if it matches the bullet. I threw the gun away. So did I. I mean, that's what I did. I demand you hold me for murder. You ought to hold him for plagiarism instead. Where did you throw away the gun? Who, me? Either of you. Both of you. I don't remember. I wrapped the gun in some old newspaper and threw it in some bushes. What bushes? Where? That's what I don't remember. Well, Pam, you're doing fine. Have any hunches yet? I have a hunch. They're both lying. <laughs> That's no hunch. It's a logical conclusion based on observation of the facts. You must believe me. I tell you, I killed Walter Middleton. With your little hatchet. Yeah, we know. Now, look. Don't either of you fellas want to change your stories? No. I killed Walter Middleton. He didn't. I did. Okay, okay. Here comes the policeman. Oh, yes, he has David Middleton with him. Hello, Lieutenant Wagon. Hello. Oh, hello, Mr. and Mrs. Noah. Hello. hello. Lieutenant, I don't know how you're going to like this. Maybe it's good and maybe it ain't. All right, what's up? Well, you sent me to question young Middleton here and check up on his whereabouts on the night of the murder, so I did. Yes. Well, what do you, what do you think he tells me? He says he killed his father. Oh, that's swell. He, he what? Yeah. He wants to confess. Bill, it looks like you've hit the jackpot. <laughs> That's the first portion of Mr. and Mrs. North. More after these words. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Now back to Mr. and Mrs. North. Well, I took your advice, Pam, and released our three uh, murderers. But what if it turns out that one of them is telling the truth? Well, we can always pick them up again. We certainly have nothing on either one of them as yet. Besides, if one of them is guilty, this is a better way to trap him. Give him enough rope. But, darling, you know what some people do with rope. What? Skip. Oh. We'll have to work fast before he has a chance. Do you have any plans? I'd like to talk to Helen Middleton. Maybe she can tell us something. Okay. But if she tells us that she's the one who killed her father, there'll be a second murder. And I'll commit it. After all, Larry and George are both very dear friends of mine, and David is my brother. You can't expect me to say anything against them. But if one of them killed your father... Oh, none of them did. I'm sure. Why? Oh, I, I just know it. Well, then, perhaps you can tell us something to help clear them. They're all under suspicion. But I don't know what to say. I've told the police all I know, and, and I've tried to answer your questions. But unfortunately, it hasn't helped us much. Oh, I'm sorry. You can't think of any reason why they should all confess? No. All right. Well, we won't keep you any longer, Miss Middleton. Thank you. I hope you'll pardon me if I don't show you out, but I'm so terribly tired, and I don't want to go downstairs again. Oh, that's quite all right. Goodbye. 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 Well, Pam, what do you think? 
You forget, Jerry, I'm not supposed to think. I'm supposed to feel. You know, intuition. <laughs> well, then, what do you feel? Bewildered. I don't understand. But, oh! I'm sorry, madam. I didn't mean to alarm you. You ought to give more warning when you pop out of nowhere. Not nowhere, madam. I was concealed in this archway. Eavesdropping on our conversation with Miss Middleton, huh? If you wish to call it that, I call it detecting. Are you a detective? Unofficially, like yourselves. Officially, I'm the Middleton's butler. Oh. Oh, you're the one who discovered the body. Yes, madam. Perhaps you can tell us something. I can tell you a great deal. I'm a profound student of crime. Oh, fascinating subject. Yes. I tell you this. You're on the right track. It's not suicide. It's murder. Of course it is. Nobody suggested it wasn't. After all, there was no gun near the body. How do you know? Well, I... How do you know I didn't find a gun and hide it to make it look like murder? But there's no earthly reason why you should. Uh Uh-uh. Jumping to conclusions. First rule of a good detective... Never jump to conclusions. But you just said yourself that it was murder. True. As a matter of fact, there was no gun. But you shouldn't take my word for it. Uh, why, why are you looking at me like that? Ah, perhaps you think I killed Mr. Middleton. Good. Very good. Uh, never overlook anything. First rule of a good detective. I thought you just said that the first yes, rule was never... Yes, very good. However, you're wrong. I couldn't have done it. Why? The butler never does it. Not anymore. That went out with the bustle. But I'll give you a clue if you want it. What? In the back of the house. A little bungalow. Young David Middleton's studio. What about it? No one is allowed in it but the young master himself. The windows are all blacked out. My wife does the cleaning here in the main house. But even she's not allowed in there. Nobody is. Doesn't that strike you as significant? Certainly does. What mysteries does that studio contain? One time I tried to find out, but young David caught me. He was very angry. Haven't you any idea what he keeps there? No, but I'm sure it must be important. If you want the key to the mystery, find out the secret of the studio. Okay, thanks for telling us. Come on, Ben. All right. Uh, Goodbye, Mr. Uh, uh, Butler. Goodbye. Well, Jerry, let's go and see if we can get in the studio. Oh, don't be silly, Ben. That butler's slap-happy. But there might be something to that story of the studio. Nonsense. But suppose there is, Jerry. We shouldn't overlook anything. First rule of a good detective. I mean it. Well, we'll tell Bill if he wants to investigate, he can. I think we ought to. What, Pam? We're right here. I don't think we should. Oh, Jerry, please. No. Please. No. Be it in the clump of trees. Come on, Jerry. Careful, nobody sees us. You know, if young Middleton catches this, he'd be within his legal rights if he shot us. Oh, I can't see that it would hurt any more than if it were illegal. I mean, if you were shot, you wouldn't care, would you, whether it was legal or not, especially if you were dead. Oh. Let's not let him catch us, huh? You're right. Let's not. Let's. Careful. This moonlight's pretty bright. Stay close to the bushes. All right. I don't know why I let you talk me into things like this. Because you're sweet. I think it's your baby blue eyes. They look so sad when you can't have your way. Like a calf's. Well, here we are. Calf's eyes are brown. Somehow that seems irrelevant. Now that we're here, what do we do? Let's see if we can find some way to get in. Dolly, it seems kind of spooky, doesn't it? 
all dark. Yeah. What's the matter? Oh, wait a minute. Oh, I something. I guess I was wrong. Well, now, what do you want to do? I think I'll just try the door. Oh, oh Jerry! <laughs> Jerry, how can you laugh? I've been shot. You're all wet. I'm not. I've been shot. Oh. Oh, I, I am, aren't I? I thought it was blood. No, darling. You just walked into a trap. A bucket of water fell on your head. I'm soaked to the skin. What's going on here? Oh, oh, hello, Middleton. My wife decided to take a shower. Oh, I'm sorry, Mrs. North. I hope you're all right. I guess so. Only I'm... Cold. Well, come on back to the house and you can warm up. I'm sorry about this, but I don't like people to go near my studio. Yeah, so we found out. You know, that's quite an effective booby trap you have there, young fellow. Isn't it, Pam? Uh, uh, I beg your pardon? Uh, oh, shoot! <laughs> Jerry, stop laughing and come to bed. <laughs> I can't help it, Pam, when I think of the way you look. Like a drowned cat. <laughs> Before I was a cat. Well, you will go snooping into other people's business. Well, Bill asked us to help him. I'm afraid you weren't much help. I guess not. You know, Jerry, in spite of it all, I like that David Middleton. Yeah, he seems to be a nice kid. I would like to know what he's got in that studio. Maybe he's hoarding sugar. Oh, now what? I'll answer it, dear. Hello. Yes? This is George Warwick. Oh, yes. I've been trying to get hold of Lieutenant Wigand. Do you know where he is? No, but I think I can find him for you. Good. If you and he come out to my house right away, I'll show you something very important. What is it? I've just discovered a very important clue. Now I know who killed Mr. Middleton. Well, I thought you said you killed him. I'll explain everything. Uh, how soon can you get here? Uh, I don't know. As soon as I find Bill. All right. I'll be waiting. Goodbye. Goodbye. Who is it, Jerry? George Warwick. You better put your clothes on again, darling. One of our murderers has something to tell us. And this time, it's not a confession. Well, this is it. I wonder what he wants to show us. Well, it, it better be good. <sighs> I don't like coming out in the middle of the night for nothing. I doubt that this will be as good as he promised. Somehow, I don't trust Wait that... Wait a minute, Bill. What is it, Pat? I think there's somebody standing by the corner of the house. Yeah, you're right. Oh, boy, he's shooting at us. No, hey! The Norths and Wigand were approaching George Warwick's house when someone began shooting at them. Golly, is he shooting at us? Doc, hey! Jerry! There he goes. He's running the back of the house. You got your gun, Jerry? Yeah. Good. Go around the other side. I'll go this Okay. Way. Did you see anything, Jerry? Pam, you shouldn't have followed me. Well, I wasn't going to stay back there alone. Well, all right. There's someone by the back door. Yeah, back, Pam. Who's there? Hello, that's you, Jerry. Phil. Yeah. See anyone, Jerry? No. No, neither did I. What do we do now? Well, I guess we'd better go the other... What's that? Someone's calling for help. It's coming from inside the house. Come on. Here's the door. That's locked. I have to break the glass. Then I can reach in, turn the knob. Look out. Okay. There we are. The 
calls coming from upstairs. Right, let's go. I can't see anything. Oh, wait, I'm feeling for the light switch. Oh, here it is. Oh, that's better. Now, come on. Hello, where are you? In here. Sounded like that room there. Right. Hello in there. The door's locked. Break it in. Okay, I'll shoot off the lock. Stand back, Jerry. There we are. Hey, where are you? Over here, behind the bed. What? Oh, it's Warwick. His hands and feet tied. What happened, fella? Larry knocked me down. Tied my hands and feet and ran out. Larry Chapman, eh? Yes. He wore a mask, but I recognized him anyway. He must be the one who shot at us. Probably. I heard the shot. I wondered what was happening. Can you roll over a little so I can get to this other nut? Yeah. That's it. I'll have you loose in a second. What did Chapman want, Warwick? Well, he must have been snooping around and heard me phone you. He's probably stolen the clue. What clue? A gun that killed Walter Middleton. You mean you found the gun? That's right. Well, there you are, all untied. Thanks. Now, what about this gun? I had it locked in my desk downstairs. Perhaps he didn't find it. Come on, we'll see. Okay. You see, on the night of the murder, I saw Larry throw a package wrapped in newspaper in some bushes. I didn't think anything of it until today, when he mentioned wrapping the pistol in the newspaper and throwing it in the bushes. And you went back to the same spot tonight and the gun was still there? Yes. I went back as soon as you released me. Then I went to see Helen. Why? I had to be sure she wasn't involved. As soon as I found out she had a perfect alibi, I phoned the North. Oh, then you confessed before just to shield Miss Middleton. That's right, Mrs. North. But it wasn't necessary. Chapman had already confessed. I know, but he was just making a play for her benefit. He's cut in enough already. Until he came along, I thought my chances with her were pretty good. Now I'm not so sure. Well, here we are. Just a second, I'll open the desk. Ah, it's still here. Yeah, so it is. Let me see it. Here, here. Well, apparently that isn't what Chapman was after then. Maybe he just wanted a chance to shoot us. But why would he want to kill us, Jerry? I don't know. Well, I can't explain it. All I know is that he knocked me down, tied me up, and then I heard him run out the door. And the next thing I knew, there was shooting. Say, wait a minute. Let's see that. What, the gun? No, the paper it's wrapped in. Hmm. What is it, Jerry? Warwick. You say you saw Chapman throw this package in the bushes on the night of the murder. That's right. And that's very strange. Why? Well, the murder took place a couple of days ago. But this newspaper the gun's wrapped in is today's paper. What? Why, I, I, I don't understand. I think I'm beginning to. Well, there's some mistake. I'll say there is, and you've made it. Oh, no. You can't think that I... Oh, the... can't we, though? How about that other story of yours? Which story? About Chapman attacking you and tying you up. It's true. He did. Oh, he did, huh? And then he ran out the door. That's right. How do you explain the fact that when we reached the door to your room, it was locked from the inside? I... I, I don't know. According to your story, you couldn't have locked it because you were tied up. Chapman went out through it. Well, I... I it must have... Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Jerry, look out. He's grabbing the Stop gun. Stop him, Bill. No, you don't. I've got the gun now. Stand back, all of you. That's it. Don't now, look here, Wallace. You don't can't move. get away. I'm getting out of here. He's getting away. Yes, darling. I'm afraid he is. And you're sure you haven't any idea where he might go to hide out, Miss Middleton? No, I haven't. All right, thank you. We'll run along. Now, I'm sorry we had to disturb you in the middle of the night like this. Well, that's all right. Good night. Good night. Well, no luck here. We'll have to try something else. You know, Bill, I can't help wondering. About what? If he really was guilty, why did he confess? Oh, that was clever. By seeming to protect Miss Middleton, he threw suspicion off himself. Of course, that's it. Bill, Jerry, I, I just thought of something. You think you know where he is? I think I know where... 
Wait a minute. What is it? Look. There's a light under the door in David Middleton's studio. Come on. Why? You don't think Warwick's there, do you? No, but I've just got to find out what's in there. <laughs> you and your curiosity. You know what it got you before. Oh, well, watch out, Jerry. I know what to look for this time. Pam, we've got a murderer to track down. Oh, you men. Don't you have any curiosity? Besides, it won't take any time. Come on. All right, let's go, Bill. There'll be no living with her until she's satisfied. Well, all right. Oh, you're darlings, both of you. We're saps. I don't know why I agreed. I don't have to live with her. Shh, Bill. Getting close. Too bad you forgot your bathing suit. Shh. I won't touch anything this time, Jerry. I'll, I'll just stoop down and see if I can see through the keyhole. See anything? Yes. He's in there. Young Middleton? Uh-huh. What's he doing? Sewing. Sewing? Yes. What's the idea? I lost my balance. Hey. Oh, I'm sorry. I lost my balance. I fell against the door and I'm terribly sorry. I didn't mean to... I mean, I didn't mean... I fell. Doggone it. I told you to keep away from here. Oh, Mr. North, too. And the lieutenant. What do you want? I wanted to be able to live with my wife. Huh? Yes, she just had to see what you have in here. Well, now you see. I hope you're satisfied. Donald's? Yes, I make them. Silly, isn't it? I don't think so. I just like to make dolls. Sort of a hobby. There's no law against it, is there? Uh, no, no, not that I've heard. I know. I ought to fool around with shortwave radio or, or electric motors or something. But I'd rather make dolls. Well, what are you waiting for? Why don't you laugh? I don't feel like it. Uh, look, uh, son... Is this where you were the night of the murder? Yes. That's why I confessed. So you'd all stop asking questions about where I was. Didn't want to have to tell about it. I, I was safe enough. Two confessions before mine, and I could always tell the truth if I had to. But I hoped I wouldn't have to. Oh, you shouldn't feel so ashamed, David. These dolls are beautiful. Why, you're an artist. Look, Jerry, all kinds of characters. Yeah, they're absolutely perfect. Look, every little detail exact. Some of these dolls are so tiny and others are almost life-size. Thanks, Mrs. North. You can have one if you like. Oh, thank you, I would. Uh, this one, this little old man with a pipe. Okay, he's yours. Oh, thank you, David. Jerry, look, isn't he cute? Little wrinkled up face. Jerry. Hmm? Dolls. What about them? They give me an idea. I think I know how we can catch the murderer. With dolls? Yes, Jerry. With dolls. You see, Miss Middleton, there was quite a scheme. By pretending to shield you, Warwick could throw suspicion off himself. The very confession of murder would suggest he was innocent. And then being found tied up right after we were shot at, it would again make him seem innocent of that, too. And the gun plant would throw the blame where he wanted it. Clever. It's... Too clever. Anybody who'd work out such an elaborate scheme wouldn't make such stupid mistakes as the date on the paper and the locked door. Besides, he's a slitherer. A what? Uh, a slitherer. There are two kinds of liars. Twisters and slitherers. Twisters figure out three or four twists ahead and lie accordingly. While slitherers just slide into whatever lie seems to fit at the moment. Mr. Warwick is a slitherer. But how do you know? At the jail, Mr. Chapman was always way ahead of Mr. Warwick. He confessed first, and he lied much better. He's a twister. It was he who confessed to throw suspicion off himself. Warwick simply confessed out of jealousy at Chapman's getting all your gratitude. Only a twister would have thought of that first confession. And get this twist. 
Instead of framing a case against Warwick, he lets Warwick frame a case against him. A case that will fold up and make Warwick seem guilty. You you mean Larry is the murderer? Oh, sure. But, but then why did George run away? He saw so much evidence piling up against him, he was afraid we'd be able to pin the murder on him. Chapman's scheme was working. And it was an elaborate scheme, too. Chapman planted the gun in today's paper and put it in the bushes. And after tying up Warwick, he walked to the door, slammed it, and then quietly locked it. Slipped to the window and got out that way. Warwick on the floor behind the bed couldn't see him. I can't believe it. Why? Why would he do all this? Kill father and, and then try to put the blame on George. Simple. With your father's death, you and your brother share the inheritance. And by framing Warwick, Chapman hoped to eliminate him and marry you for your money. Oh, I can't believe it. I can't. Unfortunately, it's true. We haven't told Bill yet. But as soon as he gets here, we're going to tell him... You're not he... going to do anything. I'm shutting you up now. <laughs> All right, Chapman, drop that pistol. I've got you covered. That's it. Okay, folks, you can come out from behind the sofa. Helen! And Mr. and Mrs. North? Yeah, what you shot were just dummies. Life-size dolls, which you probably can see yourself now that you take the time. Mr. and Mrs. Proxy. Oh, poor Mrs. Proxy. You hit her right between the eyes. Helen, you... You were in on this. You invited me here, left the front door open so I'd come in and overhear yes, you. Yes, Larry. She didn't want to. But when we convinced her that you'd killed her father, she agreed. Well, you can come along with me, Chapman. We didn't have any proof against you before, but we have now. Thanks to Mr. and Mrs. Proxy. Golly, Jerry. Y- you know something? What? We're not such bad twisters ourselves, are we? <laughs> Tune in again next Wednesday evening at the same time for another adventure of Mr. and Mrs. North. For thrills and laughs, be sure to listen, won't you? This is Ben Grauer saying good night. This program came to you from New York. This is the National Broadcasting Company. And that's Mr. and Mrs. North from September 22nd, 1943, with The Contagious Confession, starring Joseph Curtin and Alice Frost. Also in the cast, Frank Lovejoy, sponsored by Woodbury Soap, as heard on NBC. Hope you enjoyed that. Let's take a break. Then it's more here on Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Next week, it's Tales of the Texas Rangers, The Danny Kay Show, Dangerous Assignment, Richard Diamond, Private Detective, My Friend Irma, and Crime Does Not Pay. From my team here at Hollywood 360, thank you all very much for tuning in. Stay safe. We'll see you next time.